What is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the February 3rd edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming and esports news, brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco, you can call me John, and I am joined, as always, by the man, the myth, the legend, the king of the courtside, the courtside king, Joey. What's up, buddy? John, it has been a long week for both of us. I know you were at a basketball game last night, so your throat and voice are feeling a little raspy. And then I led meetings all day today at my real full-time job. So I'm a little struggling, too. So it is going to be an interesting night, but we are going to have a guest on here to carry us as well. Are you going to sit here and tell me that Level Up is not your full-time job after all these years? Like, I, no, I, I, I yet, thought that's all yet. you did. Like, I thought that was, like, your thing. No? One can dream. You've been lying to me for... Joey, we're going to have to talk after the show here. Um, but uh, you know what? I, I just don't want to air our dirty laundry on air. Like, it has nothing to do with, with our listeners, our viewers. They don't need to know what happens behind the scenes. I'll talk to you later, Joseph. But Nation, one thing I do need you to do. You're watching the show live here on Twitch. You're listening to the podcast version of the show, which means you need to be following the show on social media as well. Level Up Live is available on Twitter and Facebook at Level Up Live. That is at L-V-L-U-P Live. And while you're on Twitter, he's got hot takes. He's got spicy takes. And sometimes he even tweets the occasional meme. Follow Joey at Courtside King. Follow myself at Fiasco. You're watching here live on Twitch. Those are the handles right below our beautiful mugshots you're currently staring at. If you listen to the podcast version down the road, they'll be in the show notes for you below, so check those out as well. And Nation, again, can't stress it enough, the live show is where you want to be. That's where you get the best overall experience. That's where you get your input, and you can get your questions live on air, live on the podcast. You can be a part of the show, so definitely check it out Monday night, uh, pardon me, Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time at twitch.tv slash OTN media. But have no fear. You can't catch it there. We have a podcast version as well. Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and everywhere else you can find an RSS feed for podcasts. Just look up Level Up Podcast, and we are there for you. Last but not least, you want to be a super fan? You should be a super fan, but it's not required. Patreon.com slash OTN. Check it out. You can start becoming a super fan uh, either today, tomorrow, next paycheck, whenever. Just check it out. It'll be a lot of, it's, 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 a, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's still, you know, we're still building on it, but it's still a lot of fun there. Check that out as well. All right, Joey, homework is out of the way. Um, obviously, we have a guest on here today, uh, but there's other topics we're talking about today as well. So before we bring our guest on, what in the world are we talking about today on the 3rd of February's edition of Level Up Live? Absolutely. A lot of you guys here with us live to talk Star Wars with our guest today. But in addition to that, toward the end of the show, we'll also be talking about the Halo TV series trailer that was shown during the NFL game this past weekend. We have Sony acquiring Bungie, big news there, and a lot of iterations for what's to come in gaming consolidation. We have PlayStation's February 2nd State of Play focusing on Gran Turismo. We have some WoW leaks to talk about as well. John, I know you're excited. And then some Game Pass additions, a new Paramount esports show, and much more. All right, Joey, it is time for the drink of choice, that time-honored tradition passed down from generation to generation, all the way back dating to episode one, all the way now to episode, checks the notes, uh, 268. My God, Joey, what are we doing with our lives? Your beverage, please, for this episode. I have a funky one tonight. Uh, I'm back to Aslan, so we do have an Aslan beer, but it is in collaboration. So this is Can You Dig It in collaboration with it looks like Cricket Crab Brewing Company. Uh, this one's interesting, guys. So if you ever remember having like mud pies growing up, kind of like those crushed Oreos, the chocolate pudding, and the gummy worms, this is that. 
So it's pretty much an IPA or a sour rather brewed with all of that together in the brewing process. So very chocolatey tones, a little gummy worm action going on. Uh, very unique. I'm not quite sure how I feel about it. Probably give it like a 3.5 rating out of five. Um, but overall, it's interesting. How's an Aslan beer sponsorship coming along? I'm, I love me some Aslan, you know, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll have our people reach Cheers. out to uh, their people. Uh, Joey, you mentioned at the top of the show um, that basketball game last night did uh, an absolute uh, disaster on my voice. That's what happens when a college game goes into double overtime. I'm chugging the water tonight because um, we'll see how long my voice holds up because it's, it's, it's been a rough day. Uh, so you have your gummy worm chocolate beer and I have my <laughs> water to wash it down. So we have our beverages, sir. All right, let's go ahead and just dive headfirst into today's episode. Joey, once again, we are joined by another amazing guest. And of course, this guest is one of our good friends. I refer to him as the living holocron of Star Wars because the amount of Star Wars information this guy has makes me feel absolutely just like I have no clue what I'm talking about when it comes to Star Wars. That's how much he knows. I go to him for all of my answers to the questions I have. Super excited to have Eric Mitchell joining us on the show today. He is the host of Starlight Beacon Transmissions podcast hey and RPG show. Uh, Eric, uh, you know, I mean, first off, welcome to Level Up Live. We're super excited to have you on here to talk about Star Wars and Star Wars video games. Yeah, guys, thank you. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, you guys have been on uh, my shows uh, quite a bit. John, you're kind of a recurring guest right now because we're doing the Book of Boba Fett reviews. Um, and then you guys play in our RPG show, and it's just it's just awesome. Um, uh, yeah, thank you for having me. This is this is great. Uh, it's it's great to be here. Absolutely. Hashtag nerd life. That's what we do. We stick <laughs> yeah. together, you know. RPG, some Star Wars, some little old Republic action in there as well. Yep. Uh, we'll definitely get those links out in chat as well for everyone interested checking out Starlight Beacons Transmissions. Definitely check it out. It's a great podcast. It's live Saturday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time, talking about pretty much anything and everything happening in the Star Wars universe. We'll get all that linked for you as well. Uh, but, Eric, that's not the only thing that you do. In fact, we are also uh, making the announcement today that you are a, our newest contributor here at yeah. OTN, and you'll be focusing on as a correspondent covering the upcoming Star Wars video games, uh, which yeah. is absolutely fantastic because we talk video games nonstop. We talk Star Wars nonstop. So now we're putting our two loves together here, and we're creating an awesome uh, outlet here on OTN. Uh, and I'm super excited to have you on. Yeah, I'm I thank you for the opportunity uh to to join you guys. Joey reached out to me and said, "Hey, we're looking for a new contributor. Uh we would love to have you on to talk Star Wars games and help out in any way that you can." So, yes, I am your new Star Wars contributor for OTN. Might dabble into esports a little bit, especially with the HCS scene and maybe Rainbow Six, but We'll see. Uh, for now, it's actually going to be Star Wars, and then we'll go from there. But thank you, guys. That it's it's just such an amazing opportunity to work with you guys. That um, my my family, you know, my my friends. So it's it's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna have to come up with a really cool title for you, like like uh, <laughs> OTN Holocron Expert Extraordinaire. So we'll we'll work on it. We'll 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 workshop. You know, we'll have yeah. meetings off air, and we'll figure it out. Uh, but obviously, the main topic uh, of, of why you are our guest today is 
the ever-evolving world of Star Wars video games. Obviously, when you take a look at the history of Star Wars video games, it doesn't exactly have the best track record. A lot of hits and misses, some more yeah. misses than hits. But we had yeah. Jedi Fallen Order, which was an absolute blockbuster, rekindled that fire in a lot of Star Wars gaming fans out there. Uh, so I wanted to open it up with a very, uh, very normal question here. Nothing too crazy. Uh, but just to get a little taste of uh, of your experience here, what is your favorite all-time Star Wars video game? Wow. Um, all-time? I Can I give you, like, my top three? That works. That's fine. Okay. Um, definitely Knights of the Old Republic. The, the first game was just absolutely incredible. Uh, it was an Xbox exclusive in the early 2000s, and uh, it was one of the first, like, real titles from Bioware as well. And I just remember having fond memories just playing that game and that story just blew me away um jedi fallen order is incredible and it's one of my favorite titles out there as well because just the amount of um just just the story and the amount of love that went into that story and the amount of uh love that went into the acting in that story uh, is just incredible and calcastus uh just one of my favorite characters. And then I would say number three, Republic Commando. I, I love that. It was a great first person shooter set during the Clone Wars where you play just this elite Republic clone commando unit and you just go around just wrecking stuff on Geonosis and wherever else you get assigned to. So yeah, and I would also say Battlefront. Uh the original Battlefront was was a standout for me as well. So yeah. Uh uh, all great games and just uh, just defined my Star Wars fandom and my childhood. So, Absolutely. Some great choices in there. And turning the tables, John, I'm curious, what are your favorite Star Wars games of all time as well? How dare you? How, how, how dare you ask me that question? No, um, <laughs> I, Eric hit the nail on the head. Knights of the Old Republic um, is probably one of the most iconic Star Wars video games out there. The fact that it's getting a remake, a remaster, if you will, and and thank, you know, the force, whatever Jedi you pray to, whatever force spirit you pray to, um, that they are getting rid of that fight mechanic because that did not age well in that remake. I'm super excited for that. Revan is one of my favorite all-time characters. Uh, so that's by far a very solid number one. Number two, I have to agree. Fallen Order was absolutely freaking fantastic. Um, it was uh, Star Wars in a very new light. Um it was a it's lightsaber game, but it didn't feel like the old lightsaber games where the mechanics were absolute dog. Uh, this was very well made, put together. And Joey, I, I know you're an achievement hunter. You've talked about it a lot. Um, that game, after you beat the story, has so much longevity past the initial story, especially if you are someone who wants to truly 100% a game. I mean, that game is the gift that keeps on giving for years to come. Yeah, I think the one thing I'd say on that front with Fallen Order is play through the story. I don't encourage going for the Platinum Trophy in that one. <laughs> uh, I can't even tell you how many times I went through Kashyyyk yeah. to try to find these little last things to scan. It took way, way too much time. Uh, we did get it in the end, but guys, it, I don't know if it was worth the sacrifice going back and forth. Uh, yeah, Kashyyyk is just one of those planets that I, I love seeing it in Fallen Order, but I hate playing through it multiple times because... You can get lost, and there's a lot of stuff there. 
Yeah, there is definitely a lot. That's a big one. Uh, really, all the planets are quite big in their own right. Bogano is probably being the smallest in the game. Uh, maybe Dathomir, but yeah. Overall, quite a bit to explore there in Fallen Order. And you guys mentioned some other great games. I know Battlefront did come up with you, Eric. Uh, are yep. you talking the original, original Battlefront or the second rendition of them? Uh, I would say the original Battlefront. Um, out of the second renditions, I would say Battlefront 2 is definitely the more superior Battlefront out of the recent renditions. But the original Battlefront just always has a special place in my heart. Absolutely. And I do stand corrected in chat. Illum is the smallest one. I wasn't counting that in those main four, but yes, Illum uh, does come there toward the end of the story and is definitely the smallest of them, uh, which I really didn't bother going back to that one, or I didn't worry too much about it. It was pretty easy to go back through on that. Um, but some of those very, very massive planets. A few other shout outs in chat here. Luna bringing up squadrons being criminally underrated. Uh, Eric, I know that's one that you quite enjoyed as well. Yeah, Squadrons is definitely criminally underrated. Uh, great first-person campaign. You get to see Hera in a video game. You get to see Ray Sloan from uh, the the canon novels. Uh, Hera being from Rebels, and now the Bad Batch. So, yeah, it's it's such a great game. Absolutely. Lots of ones out there. The Force Unleashed also mentioned over here in chat. Uh, that's one and not too many gamers got into initially, but it did grow and grow with life as it went on in its lifespan. Uh, lots of good stuff there as well. Moving forward to some future projects, though. So we do know of some projects in the work with Star Wars, and it feels like every couple months something new is being announced. Uh, most recently, or the next to come rather, is going to be Star Wars Hunters if they do make their deadline. This one arriving in early 2022. It's set to land on Nintendo Switch, as well as mobile with iOS and Android. They're describing it as a third-person arena combat game. Uh, Eric, over to you. What are your thoughts on this new game here, Star Wars Hunters, as a competitive multiplayer game? I like the IP. Uh, I definitely like the... Definitely like what this game is going to be because star wars really hasn't had a competitive multiplayer game i mean you could say squadrons is competitive in multiplayer but hunters is like where i think we're going to get our bread and butter as star wars multiplayer fans especially with the competitive all the characters look great uh super excited about this one especially because they just announced today that we're getting a tie-in book for for this game as well Ooh. Um, and it's going to cover all the characters that are going to be in, in Hunters and just looks great. Uh, it is a middle grade novel. So like a lot of people are going to be like, well, I don't know if I should read it. Just check it out. Uh, just, just check it out. But, uh, Hunters, I was going to call it squadrons. Uh, Hunters just looks like a lot of fun and I can't wait to play it, especially free to play. Like who doesn't love free to play? So I I'm, I'm excited. And John, I know you're not the biggest mobile game fan, but you also do dabble here and there with some MOBAs and some arena shooters like Halo and League of Legends. What are your thoughts overall on Star Wars Hunters? Yeah, I, I think it looks great. Uh, it's, I mean, when you have a fan base as massive as Star Wars fans that are looking for pretty much any kind of source of media, whether it's video games, whether it's a Disney Plus series, whether it's another movie, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, you cannot give enough to the fan base. And I, I think they have to go out of their way to make sure they're hitting all those pockets of gamers. They have to be open to the idea of maybe moving away from a first-person shooter uh, or, 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 or a uh, RTS game or something like that and, and finding 
uh, a MOBA-style game or uh, a mobile game here and there. I know Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, Joey, is a game that you have, uh, for whatever reason, have cursed me with because uh, I cannot quit it. And I hate you for it, but well, that's again post show. We'll talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think Hunters looks great. I, I think there's a chance uh, for this game to thrive in the Star Wars fandom. I, Absolutely. I Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, please, Eric, please <laughs> jump right in. This is a uh, casual conversation. I, I was going to say I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think the the more fans that see hunters for what it is as just this casual competitive multiplayer free to play game can just jump in it doesn't have to be canon to to enjoy it it's just like i look at it as like this is the perfect example of what hunters is to me it's like when we were kids and we had our star wars action figures it's like crashing them together and, and just and just like playing like that i i know john still does that uh you know to this day so you know, I'm sorry, buddy. I, I had to. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is what it is, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but but that's how I look at it, though. It's like all these different scenarios with these different characters, and you just get to do whatever you want to do. So that's I'm excited. Very much, and it almost has some of those like Pokemon Unite vibes, where it's like this famous IP, and you're kind of seeing it in a new light, taking it in a different direction. So overall, it's one of those things that really doesn't rely too much on canon, but it is a way to dive a little bit deeper with the characters in a lighter sense. Next up on our list of announced games, this one hits April 5th, guys. We finally have a release date. I felt like it got delayed, I think, five or six times before we got the official one. This is Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. It looks absolutely gorgeous, and it is coming from Warner Brothers Publishing and TT Games as the developer. We have the trailer on now. Guys, this is a big game. Uh, we're looking at a Lego Star Wars game, which is amazing. I love the humor in these games. But pulling all the movies together, plus you have DLC packs for stuff like The Mandalorian, maybe Boba Fett. Maybe Boba Fett appears in his own DLC pack. We'll have to see. <laughs> uh, we have other stuff, like I believe Rogue One is included. So lots and lots of good stuff here. I don't know the total number of characters, but I would guess somewhere around 400, 500. Uh, lots of different planets to travel to. And a little bit more of a semi-open world thing going here as well. Oh my gosh, Joey, that that absolutely killed me. We're not going to go into the book of Boba Fett spoilers or anything like that, but that <laughs> that had me giggling so bad I had to like almost walk away from my desk desk when you said that. But yeah, oh, uh, you're 100 percent correct. Like this this looks like it's well worth the wait. Uh, like you said, these Lego games add an element of humor uh, that I feel like sometimes is needed in the Star Wars fandom. This that that is needed to kind of break the tension a little bit. Like we all know these stories. It, it it's you know the nine episodes of the Skywalker saga. Uh, it's it's the original trilogy. It's the prequels. It's the sequels. Uh, it's it's three different generations of Star Wars put together in one mega game that I feel like is going to reach across multiple generations. It's, it's going to be fantastic. I feel like it's one of those things that's almost needed right now in the Star Wars fandom to kind of reunite uh, the fans because it just feels like there's so much dividing everyone uh, in, in the Star Wars fandom. And I feel like this might have a chance to possibly help bridge those gaps uh, with those fans that maybe only like three out of the nine or six out of the nine or one out of the nine of uh, the Star Wars or the Star Wars saga. Uh, so it, I just feel like there's so much possibility with this game. It looks great. They play great. The stories are great. The humor is awesome. 
Luke, don't look inside of a Jedi, uh, inside of a lightsaber like that. You're going to poke your eye out. I don't know why they keep putting that in the trailer. It drives me up a wall every time. Yeah, and I think the other thing here before we turn it over to Eric is the graphics. Like when I go to a Lego game, I'm not expecting really nice graphics, but the environments, the shine on the platforms as you see here in the trailer, just the ability for the lighting in this game. It doesn't really feel like a Lego game in that sense. It carries that humor over. It carries the simplistic character models. But overall, I mean, the textures, the lighting, uh, really graphically, I can tell they put a lot of time polishing this game for sure. Eric, any further thoughts here on Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga before it hits this April? Uh, I'm, I'm super excited for this game. I, I can't wait for this game to come out. I mean, you get to fly an X-Wing, like throughout the galaxy like as you can see in the trailer you can you can use a jedi mind trick on a bantha to make it dance like you saw in the trailer like this is this is awesome i love the comedy of these lego games this is the perfect time for this game to come out actually 2020 would have been the perfect time for this game to come out especially right after rise of skywalker where you had a lot of discourse but now you know you have a lot of discourse again hopefully this game just unites the fandom again because to me that's what this is about star wars is fun i talked about this yet last night after watching the book of boba fett saying there's some stuff i didn't like but i still i still enjoyed it because it's star wars and star wars is fun and i think that's what we need to realize here and lego continually knocks it out of the park especially with all the jokes and everything so i'm i'm super excited for this game it's going to be great absolutely i feel like there are definitely parts that need critique when it comes to certain series or shows or books uh, or developers in a case we're going to talk about a little bit later but overall we also have to remember it is a fun universe it's something that a lot of people are drawing different things from and everyone's going to interpret things differently uh, so just being respectful to other opinions as well Moving into our next game, and that is Aspire. Uh, fun fact, John and I actually leaked this, I think, nine months before it was officially announced here on Level Up. Uh, got a big, big head start on everyone else on that one. This one is by Aspire Media. It's a remake of the original game. To give you guys a little idea of what that means, so a remaster is pretty much the game with just refresh graphics. This is going to be a remake, so they are overhauling certain things. It's going to be a little bit more RPG-esque, and the combat system, as John mentioned earlier in the show, will be completely overhauled. Uh, it's going to feel a lot more like an action-adventure game than a turn-based combat game. So definitely one to look forward to. Eric, what are your thoughts here on the new Star Wars Knights of the Republic remake set for 2023? I'm excited for this one, too, because a new generation gets to experience this game for the first time. And I think that that's important. This is a very important story. It may not be canon. Actually, they could make this one canon. But this is a great story it's about the light and the dark it's about um it's about ordinary people in this galaxy far far away and how this war between the republic and the sith empire has affected them uh and you see both sides of the conflict as well as like the bounty hunting side of the conflict as well so i'm i'm super excited for this game i know that aspire did the remaster for knights of the old republic which is available on all platforms i actually have it on switch and i love it on the nintendo switch i think it's great and i'm i'm excited for this one uh i know this is going to be playstation and pc exclusive i think it's a one-year contract to playstation and then it'll be coming to xbox and possibly nintendo switch as well okay cool but yeah, I'm I'm excited for this one. It's it's going to be great. 
And John, this is one of your favorite characters of all time in Revan. What are your thoughts on the remake coming through here? You know, even though we talked about this game uh, coming out, that this remake happening for this game, there is nothing like a non-game, in-game graphic trailer to really get you excited. Like, you know, we've talked about it multiple times here on Level Up, Joey, is that sometimes when a game is still in development and you don't have a lot to show, but you still want to give the fans something to know that, yes, this project is here. Yes, this project is still going. Sometimes a little sizzle reel helps out. And this uh, essentially sizzle reel was absolutely fantastic. Uh, fantastic! It's everything I want to get me excited. Uh, you couldn't see because we were off camera when the trailer was playing. Uh, but that moment when Revan ignites the lightsaber and then holds it up to his mask. It gets me every single time. That is such a just bad A moment right there. It's just Revan is just such a great character. And for him to get that kind of a treatment in the sizzle reel, that's everything you want to see. Uh, fully well knowing, we don't know what the game's going to look like. We don't know what the new combat mode's going to look like. We don't know anything other than it's a remake, and Revan is just epic as anything. Uh, so I'm super excited for it. Uh, I want it to be 2023. Let's skip 2022 and just jump right to next year. And uh, I'm completely cool with it. And I'm going to go ahead and make a bold take here for the Star Wars fans in chat. Uh, I think this is the game that ends up bringing Old Republic back into canon under Disney. Uh, I think there's a reason it's a remake and not a remaster. Partly because of those combat controls. But I think the other reason is Disney might be changing up a couple of the storylines in the background. Uh, hopefully for better. Hopefully Filoni is on that one. Um, but overall... I really do think this is the game that brings Old Republic back, that brings Revan back into canon. So I am very much stoked for this one. Again, 2023, it will be one-year exclusive on PlayStation and PC. And then from there, it should go to Xbox, maybe Switch as well. Next up is the game that Eric has been waiting for. Uh, the game that Eric, uh, it brings out a lot of emotion. Uh, not yeah. necessarily good emotion, but this is Quantic Dream Star Wars Eclipse. It was announced at the Game Awards this past year in 2021. Uh, before we dive into it, Eric, this is a game set in the High Republic, an era that you really wanted to see a game set in, but it's not quite the developer you wanted to see it from, and why is that? So, the High Republic is a very unique era when it comes to Star Wars storytelling. This era has been around for over a year now. Um, if you're interested in the High Republic, talk to me after the show, and I'll I'll talk to I'll get you in there. Um, but. This is a very inclusive era. It's a very open era for when it comes to uh, all genders, races, uh, religious creeds, sexual, uh, you know, your sexual identity, all of that stuff. And to see a studio like Quantic Dream that has a CEO that's very outspoken against those communities is really um, it, it's gut wrenching and. and you know, because this is a very open era. That you know, this is a very inclusive story, and to see a studio that represents the opposite of that making a game in this era, it it breaks my heart a, a little bit. And I, I, that that's all I can say without like really getting like unprofessional. <laughs> I guess you could say because I just want. A, a high republic game a good high republic game made by a studio that actually respects the material and respects the authors and respects the hard work that has been put into this era so 
John, I'll turn it over to you on that one. What are your thoughts here with everything going on with the Blackout Star Wars Eclipse movement as well as everything else around this game? Yeah, so it, it puts it puts the Star Wars fandom in a really awkward spot. And really, it, it, it's an unfair spot to put the fans in. Uh, this is essentially a an entire universe created around uh, space wizards, as, as Eric puts it, and, and as a lot of other people in the Star Wars uh, fandom put it. It is uh, literally Harry Potter with lightsabers, essentially. And because it's structured that way, it attracts people uh, of every single background possible. It is a very open, very unique fandom that everyone can find a character that they can identify with, that they can have that emotional attachment with. Uh, you know, you know, you know, Revan is a great one for video games for me, but one of the the characters I could I I could really uh, identify with like on an emotional level throughout the um you know the uh, Skywalker uh, saga was Anakin. That's why Anakin's one of my favorite characters. Like back in the prequels, you know, all the way through his transformation into Darth Vader. Um, you know, whether you know you personally believe a bad guy can be redeemed or have redeeming qualities, that that's a discussion and an opinion everyone's allowed to have. But Anakin is a character that. For me, at my time in my life, when that came out for the prequels, identified with me the most. Um, and because of that, it's really a slap in the face to, to fans when, uh, you know, any kind of studio or governing body or anything that has a creative hand in developing this story as it goes forward is not inclusive. Uh shuts the door on certain parts of the fandom because of their own personal ideology uh, and and they're just their inability to realize they're making a product for everyone that they have to make their own personal opinion known causing something like a boycott the the Star Wars the blackout Star Wars eclipse movement on social media uh, to happen like you know it, it, it's very upsetting because this game looks beautiful the, the, the trailer, Looks absolutely fantastic. The High Republic deserves a video game. And it's just such a stain that a studio that is led by someone who should not be leading it because he is a little too vocal about his personal bigotries um, is, is really staining this amazing opportunity to advance the High Republic. Um, now, I, do I think Disney and Lucas Games are, are going to pull it? from uh from the from uh quantic dream no i don't um and if they did it's probably the end of the game it's pretty i i don't see the game ever being developed uh which obviously would would be a double travesty then um so it just it, it it's tough it puts the fandom in a really bad spot and it's not fair yeah i mean it's definitely a tough one uh, I'm with you guys. I really want to see the High Republic expanded on. Right now, they're doing a phenomenal job with novels and comics. Uh, maybe we eventually get movies or TV series as well. But games are such a nice medium for players to jump in to experience the environment for themselves. Uh, for Disney's sake, it's probably a way to pull more people into reading the books as well uh, and just diving more into the High Republic in general. Unfortunately, uh, I don't have information if this is going to be canceled. I haven't heard anything on that front. Uh, I know Star Wars fans are doing a good job continuing to keep that hashtag going. Uh, with that being said, there are development woes going on here at Quantum Dream. 
uh, the studio, as you guys mentioned, all those issues. Also issues that I don't think you did mention. Uh, as far as similar to the stuff we saw going on at Activision Blizzard that they've been criticized for, from sexual harassment to improper workplace environments, uh, a lot of different things like that going on over here at Quantic as well, especially in the Paris office. Uh, this game being developed in Paris, and I believe Canada is the other studio as well, alongside a few other games. Um, but yeah, they're, they're struggling. They're struggling to hire people. Go, go figure. Uh, when people are very outspoken about their views on certain matters that other people don't feel as respected with, when you have sexual harassment, stuff going on in the workplace, None of these are very welcoming factors for anyone. And because of that, because of this movement, uh, they are struggling quite a bit to hire people. So right now, if they do continue with this game, it will be projected to come out 2025 at the earliest. But again, development woes will continue to push that back farther and farther as well. Anything else that you guys want to say here on Star Wars Eclipse before we move on? I, I just want to say one thing. Uh, not everybody at quantic dream probably feels this way about these groups um we're not uh, there are a lot of hardworking people at that studio that are trying to make a great product we're condemning the ceo and the higher-ups that have condoned this behavior um it, it's it's kind of like that whole argument not everybody on the empire was bad and it's it's true not everybody in the empire was bad so if if we're talking about this, yeah, we can badmouth the studio and the ideas of I'm not even going to say his name because I don't want to give him the the publicity. But you know, we can we can talk about that. But there are hardworking people working on this game that have nothing to do with that, and that's all I want to say about that. Absolutely, and I think that's a good thing just to keep in mind to all the Level Up listeners out there as well. Even with the whole Activision Blizzard scandal with all the stuff going on at Ubisoft and a lot of these other studios, the majority of people, I would say 95, if not 98% or so, are really not involved in this outside of being victims of it. So a lot of these developers also struggle here and there, and we can't really condemn the whole studio for those actions, but rather the people forcing those actions upon them uh, and the hires up should be held responsible for sure. Now, Eric, just before we move on, do you think if the CEO was to step down that that would be an acceptable? Now, it, it, obviously, it's it's your personal opinion. I, I like no one's speaking for this entire movement, uh, but but do you think that that would be an acceptable way uh, that the fandom would then get behind the development of this game if that CEO was was to step down? If the CEO were to step down and some of the higher ups that have supported that CEO, I I would be I would be okay with it because it is a step in the right direction when it comes to this. I I still have to see the the finished product though because there you know there's a lot of darkness within that studio, but it comes from the top down and yeah, if he stepped away and some of the higher ups, I, I would be a little more supportive of it. Yes. I mean, Joe, you're you're you know, you're in with all of these mergers and acquisitions and everything. Maybe we can get Microsoft to acquire Quantic as well. I mean, they already did it with Activision Blizzard and they're gonna take them through the the the, the uh, Microsoft car wash, if you will, to to clean them up. Maybe Quantic might be an option with all the acquisitions going around. Obviously, pure speculation. I'm not saying they are or they're not. Uh, but but that would possibly be one way you could possibly look at uh, shaking things up there. Yeah, I don't think an acquisition is off the cards. I don't think it'll be Microsoft. Uh, historically, the studio is one that's worked with PlayStation on exclusive games or limited exclusive games. 
Um, but PlayStation's making move, and they've promised they're making more acquisition moves as well. So it is definitely a possibility that they could look to acquire them. Next up on our list, continuing to move, we have Ubisoft, and they've had their fair share of issues as well. Not particularly at Massive Studio, though. Massive is the one behind this next open-world action-adventure Star Wars game. Uh, a lot of members from the Division team, those that play Tom Clancy's The Division, uh, a lot of them involved in this game. It's untitled at the moment, uh, but it is one that a lot of Star Wars fans are excited for. Eric, you want to kick us off on this one? Yeah, I did not see this one coming, especially from, from Ubisoft, but now that I think about it, they have to do the Avatar game in order to do the Star Wars game, it seems like. So that's why we're we're getting the Avatar game. Uh, I am not, as much as I love the Tom Clancy universe, um, played through The Division. I enjoyed it for what it was. Played through The Division 2. I was kind of on the fence about it. But I... I don't know. I just don't want this to be like The Division. Like, if you're going to make this an open-world shooter, okay, do it. But I don't want a looter shooter. Like, I want something where my items are earned, not like I pick it off of a dead body for some random drop. You know, like, oh, wow, I got this rare gear. No, like, I want to earn the item by just grinding through it. So this is going to be... It'll be interesting. I think this one's still a long way away. I think we'll probably get this announced at E3 maybe this year and with the 2023-2024 release. Yeah, I don't know release on this one. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Avatar. So when Disney was working with Ubisoft on Avatar, they saw how pretty the Avatar game was and how nice the graphics were coming together. And they actually reached out to Ubisoft and said, hey, how would you like to work with the Star Wars IP? So that's actually where this started uh, based on how well Avatar at least looked in those initial demos. Uh, I don't know when this game is set to release. I would guess 2023, maybe 2024 even. Uh, with that being said, uh, it is Division team members, so it doesn't necessarily mean it will be a looter shooter, just that a number of people who worked on the Division will also be working on it. I think Division-wise, uh, some of the open world stuff was really cool in that game. I think graphically the game was quite good. So I'm not going to say this is going to be a looter shooter, just that you have people with experience in all different areas, one of those being looter shooters. Um, John, I know you really like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order that we talked about earlier, and that had some open world aspects to it. What are your thoughts on Ubisoft trying their hand at that as well? I, I like it. Um, I, I think Ubisoft has put out some amazing games. Uh, you know, One of the uh, series that comes to mind immediately is Assassin's Creed. Uh, you know, that is a series that has gone on forever, and it feels like each rendition of it, they bring something fresh to that series. So the the creative ideas from that studio are there, and I'm actually really curious to see what they're going to do with that Star Wars IP. Um, you know, I, I, I have to trust Disney and Lucas Games sitting here going, hey, if the Avatar game looks that great, you know, Let's go ahead and give them that opportunity to run with the Star Wars IP. I mean, that's a massive compliment. I mean, the Star Wars IP is something that doesn't just get handed out to, to any studio willy-nilly. Um, you know, Disney is very protective with their with their IPs. Uh, so I, I, I think this is really an honor for, for Ubisoft that they approach them instead of Ubisoft approaching Disney Lucas Games here saying, hey, we want to do this. Um, so that gets me excited. I'm really excited for it. And I, I, you know, honestly, if it's somewhat like the division, 
not like a full division game, but like you said, Joey, there are parts of the division games that were good. Um, I would like to see what they could do with the Star Wars IPA, IP and learning from what they've done with the division and possibly making it even better for the Star Wars IP. Absolutely. Lots of exciting stuff there. And I just love the idea of exploring more planets. I did complain about going back to Kashyyyk, I feel like, four or five times in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, but overall, I love the idea of finally putting these planets into a vision. We've seen some of them in the movies. We've read and saw some of them in comics and books. But overall, actually experiencing them, hearing the animals around us, seeing the environment. I think that's one cool thing that video games bring to the table. And I love the idea of another open world game in that sense. Speaking of Jedi Fallen Order, next up on our list is EA and Respawn. Guys, it was the worst kept secret in gaming that there was another Star Wars Jedi guy ga Jedi game coming. Jedi uh, a sequel guy? to Fallen Order. I know Jedi guy. You know that guy with the lightsaber? Hey. Um, but yeah, they have more. It's not just that one. They also have an FPS and a strategy game in the works. Kicking things off, though, let's talk Fallen Order. So this is a sequel to Fallen Order. I will tell you guys now the title is going to be Star Wars Jedi colon something. Uh, it's not going to be Fallen Order 2. Star Wars Jedi is going to be the new series IP, and then the stuff to follow that is whatever these new iterations of the game are going to be. Uh, it's set to be shown in May. That's not public, but it's going to be happening. And then it's expected to release in late 2022, early 2023. Uh, I would say, given the amount of delays we've seen over the last couple of years, I would probably bank a little bit more toward the 2023 side just to make sure everything is good and polished. Uh, but thoughts on what direction they could go. John, I'll go to you first. Star Wars Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order ended on a... And an interesting note, let's say, without giving too much away, uh, what direction do you think they could take this next as far as the series? Uh, so so logically thinking, um, it would be Cal Kestis continuing his journey. Um, but part of me wants like Star Wars to really be Star Wars here and make a prequel to, to, to Jedi Fallen Order. Um and I'll be honest, like Order 66, I think, is one of the more defining moments in any universe out there that that's been created in sci fi. Um, it's right up there with uh, Thanos and the Infinity Gems or Infinity Stones. Uh, if you only watch the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, that snap is just like Order 66, uh, major, major impact on everything. Uh I would love an Order 66 game here. I, I think that would be absolutely fantastic where, you know, maybe you do play as Cal Kessis. Yes, I understand we got that flashback a little bit here uh, in Fallen Order originally, but why not go through that experience of being a Padawan, learning to become a Jedi, getting those relationships with those clone tr uh, troopers, uh, traveling around with your Jedi Master, going on missions, taking on bosses, and then the final moments of the game is Order 66. I, that would, to me, that would be amazing. That's one of the things I loved about The Bad Batch when it came out on Disney+. Plus. That very first episode of The Bad Batch. Spoiler! You've had over a year to watch it. I don't care anymore. That Order 66 episode, essentially in episode one, was absolutely freaking fantastic. It gave me chills. Talking about it, I'm getting chills. You could see it if I wasn't wearing a hoodie. But nonetheless, Joey, that's what I would like to see. I don't think it's going to be an Order 66. I think it's going to be a continuation of Cal Kessis' journey to struggle with his own identity. Does he really want to take on this mantle of the Jedi, possibly rebuilding the Jedi Order? Are we going to see him meet up with other characters that we know are alive during this time period? 
Um, I think the directions are infinite, but I do think it's going to be Cal Kestis continuing his journey. Eric, over to you to continue on this question. What are your thoughts here on the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order? Well, first off, we all knew this was coming. I mean, we we all knew that this was going to be coming, especially after the after the success of the first game. So, I'm I'm with. So I have two thoughts on on where they could go with this. Um, number one, they could go the prequel route, and what I would love to see with the prequel route, I want Eno Cordova's investigation and study of the Zepho. Like, I would love to see his journey. Um, because, I mean, it's teased, and, like, you see him, like, in the holograms and stuff, like, talking about the Zepho, but I would love to see him, like, you know, go into the whole history of the Zepho. I mean, the Zepho, to me, are kind of like the, the Protheans from Mass Effect, where we learn about them, but, like, we don't really see them, and that's what we're, that's what I kind of got with this. So, I would love to see that. Uh, I would also love to see, uh, if we're talking about present day, do a game from Marin's point of view, uh, Night Sister Marin. Like I would love to see a Fallen Order game about Night Sister Marin with Cal Kestis as like the companion character to her, um, where she has to rebuild the Night Sisters, but in a way that is outside of what Mother Townsend had uh, in you know imagined the Night Sisters being. So I mean, you could go any direction here, and I. Of course, I'm going to play it because it's Respawn and they've proven that they can do a Star Wars game. So I, I would love to see those two options. Go ahead, John. Is there anything you want to add on to that? I absolutely hate your comment in chat, by the way. Star Wars <laughs> Jedi. What was it? Chat is popping off here. Uh, Star, War, uh, Star Wars Sith, the Shadow of Jar Jar. Yes. Um, first off, that would be the only time Jar Jar would be redeemable is if <laughs> Jar Jar did turn to the dark side, the correct side, if you will, and Darth Jar Jar just wreaked havoc across the galaxy. I'd play that game in a heartbeat. I'd buy I would buy the deluxe collector's edition for one ninety nine is yeah. how much I would buy I would buy that game if that happened. You used to bet you would. Comes <laughs> with a Darth Jar Jar statue. Yes. <laughs> That's just him doing this. Making a Sith robe. Misa gonna Dark kill you. <laughs> Call me when you think, want. Like, in all seriousness, though, I do think going a Star Wars Sith direction could be cool at some point with this series. Have Star Wars Jedi, and then you off years, like every couple years you do a Star Wars Sith, and then back and forth. Uh, I think that'd just be a cool direction to give us different perspectives of the Star Wars universe. And it's just so plentiful. There are so many Jedi stories, so many Sith stories to be told out there. Uh, and so far, Fallen Order doing exceptionally well, as you guys said, in a lot of directions. They could take this. Uh, based on our poll over here, which direction would you prefer Star Wars Jedi Order 2 to go? We have five people voting for prequel, five voting for sequel, and then one voting here for completely new direction. So we're split 45-45 between prequel and sequel. Uh, lots of different expectations, but overall, it seems like people want to stick with the same characters overall. I... <laughs> I forgot what I was going to... Oh, I, I will say this. Like, uh, another idea that I just had pop up in my head real quick before we move on to the other ones. I would love to see a game from Trilla's point of view as an Inquisitor and hunting rogue Jedi uh, for the Ooh. Empire. I think that that would be interesting, too. That's what Star Wars Hunter should be, is you're hunting Jedi. I mean, that'd be 
That'd be a mobile game I could get behind, Joey. I mean, uh, that <laughs> maybe would not be... on the Nintendo Switch, though. <laughs> oh come on! You're saying it's bad for children to hunt Jedi? I mean, come on. Here you're you go. It might not be your target audience. <laughs> Here you go, random five year old. Here's a game where you brutally murder Jedi as an Inquisitor. Uh, it's you know, it's all perspective, sir. If there's one thing Obi Wan taught us, it's it's purely perspective. Point of view. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lots of stuff to keep in mind there. Next up is one we really don't know too much about, and this is the FPS just recently announced, I believe last week or the week before, from EA and Respawn. Uh, we've gotten a little bit more information from Dre Jeff Grubb since then. Uh, he has mentioned that the team that recently worked on Medal of Honor Above and Beyond is the team behind this new Star Wars FPS game. Additionally, he does go on to say it is a traditional-style FPS, so similar to like your Call of Duties uh, more than anything, not a VR game. So it will be a standard controller-based game, maybe mouse and keyboard if it's on PC as well. Uh, I'm excited for this one. I'm curious to see what we get. Uh, obviously, this is the same studio behind Titanfall, behind Apex Legends most recently. Uh, really well-established when it comes to FPS games. A good competitive scene. Not the strongest, but a decent one on there as well. They keep adding new stuff. And Apex is a game we saw really go off and skyrocket at the beginning and then sink very far down, but has really brought its way back up to being one of the most popular games out there right now as well. Uh, I'm excited for this one. Hesitant because there are so many good FPS games, but also excited. Eric, I know you are a big Battlefront fan, and this doesn't necessarily take the place of Battlefront, but it is another Star Wars FPS. What are your thoughts on something new and fresh in that genre? It's from Respawn. I'm, I'm in, especially with their their proven history with FPS, uh, with FPS games. Titanfall to me revolutionized tactical shooters, in my opinion. And I would love to see a first person shooter set in the Star Wars universe from the studio, and we are getting it. Uh, I would love for this to be a bounty hunter game. Uh, where you're not necessarily like Boba Fett or Jango Fett or the Mandalorian, like make it like Bosk or Embo or Dengar or like one of like the lesser known bounty hunters, or like you could do IG 11, IG 88, you could do Forlom and Zuckus. And I think that that would be interesting. And like make it like multiple storylines, so it's like where you can play as Embo, but like part of your story has to intersect with Bosk with Bosk's story. So like you, you know, you have to see where that all goes. I, I think it's great. And if, if this is half the shooter that Titanfall and Titanfall two and apex are, we're in for a real treat. John thoughts on the FPS over here from respawn. Yeah. I think I have to uh, second everything Eric said. I, I love the idea of a bounty hunter game. I, I really like the idea of the intersecting stories, it kind of reminds me of uh, StarCraft with the uh, Zerg, Protoss, uh, and Terran campaigns, where you could only play certain campaigns, uh, and, you know, before you could unlock the others because the stories flowed into one another. I think that'd be really cool, uh, kind of like what we saw with Battlefront, where uh, the characters you played with kind of changed throughout the story to advance the the, the narrative. I think that'd be kind of cool, like. You know, you have three bounty hunters you can choose from. You play their story, but at a certain point, the game says, okay, now you have to go play, you know, Cad Bane's, uh, you know, narrative up until X point. And then, oh, you have to go play the other character up to this point to where they have that intersection. 
and then go from there. I mean, heck, even have that intersection be uh, locked into the end of the game. So you're that only that one bounty hunter to the end game. Then guess what? There's replayability for at least two more times for the casual player to go back and choose the other bounty hunters uh, to complete the game. I, I absolutely love that idea, Eric. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and I think to build on it a little bit more and maybe add a little different perspective to it, uh, I'm still one of those people that even, I feel like I want to tear up thinking about Star Wars 1313. I'm still very upset that game never saw the light of day. Um, we did see some recently new gameplay come out for it, but overall the game itself did get canceled. Um, looking forward though at a bounty hunter game. What are your guys' thoughts on creating your own bounty hunter and then pulling out these missions that give you the objectives? You can either go with stealth approaches, you can go all guns blazing, and then maybe like mini bosses slash boss encounters, you have other bounty hunters come in and try to either take out the same target, uh, compete with you to, I don't know, steal something. Uh, I feel like there's so many different missions that bounty hunters can be sent on and the ability to pull these other bounty hunters like a Cad Bane in almost like a cameo, I think could make for a really, really cool game as well. Yeah, I, I kind of like the idea of creating your own bounty hunter, going to a cantina, sitting down, having grief come up with like a bunch of uh, bounty pucks. And like you can choose your missions based upon what level your bounty hunter is. Um, let's not stop there. Uh, give me a ship. Let me customize my ship. Let me deck it out in a way I think is, you know, that fits best for me. And then guess what? Then you can have space fighting uh, bounties where you have to blow a ship out of the sky and recover cargo or loot or, you know, someone gets out an escape pod. You have to reel them in. Uh, I think that'd be great. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I like that idea also. We should be hired for this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, lots of fun things. <laughs> I mean, imagine like, and we got a little bit of this with Battlefront, but also playing as the troopers. I mean, these are stories we really don't see too much of. Uh, I know some people not the biggest fan of the latest three movies, but Finn kind of gave us a little bit more of a perspective yeah. into that. Uh, you could go the Stormtrooper route. Maybe you even go both. Uh, I would love the idea of like playing the Battle of the Endor. I think that would be lots of fun. Uh, just so many different ways to give us different perspectives in the universe uh, with an FPS game. And if they're looking to take it online and looking to take it live service like I expect them to, I think we will eventually see something, whether it be a character creator uh, or a class system like Battlefield games. Um, something along those lines will probably be coming. Well, I mean, you could go like the full, uh, like go into the live service game here. You could go the Destiny route with this game, mm -hmm. you know, where you have like certain areas as like areas of interaction, like how the Citadel was for uh or not the citadel um the tower the tower was, yeah. was for for destiny and going back to what you said and luna actually brought it up in chat an arcane style bounty hunter game where you do get to choose whether or not you're going in guns blazing or uh or a dishonored style bounty hunters game um where you know you get to choose either way i, I think that's i think that's a great idea and especially like Build your reputation. Like, if we're doing this as, like, a creative character, build your reputation through the live service. You know? Like, you know, if you're going to play this game, of course, if we're all bounty hunters, we want to be the best bounty hunter out there. And, you know, you get to, like, work with other bounty hunters and have the option to betray that bounty hunter. You know, like, you see in Star Wars. Like, give me the authentic bounty hunter experience. And I, I think... I think people would flock to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, lots to be done there. Lots of different routes they could go. And also what you were talking about, Eric, it kind of reminds me of the Mass Effect system uh, where you have, what is it, Paragon and Renegade, I think is the other one? Yes. 
yeah. where different choices move you in different directions, uh, whether that's based on the story or whether that's based on how you play out online in the live service aspects. Uh, I think anything like that is really cool, and it just kind of helps build you into the Star Wars universe as well. Yeah. Next up from Respawn and EA is a strategy game. This one, they're partnering with Bitreactor. Uh, it's a team of former XCOM developers, so those who played XCOM. This one will probably take an XCOM spin. Uh, back when we talked about the Division game in Ubisoft, I don't expect that one to be as Division-y as the Division was. This one in particular, I think they will go hard into the XCOM strategy aspect. Uh, if you guys played XCOM or Gears Tactics even, I think it's going to be a tactical strategy game in that sense. And I think there's a lot that could be done here and a lot of cool battles that could be played out. Your thoughts on this one, Eric? So this one's this one's definitely different, uh, especially with it being the XCOM developers. Uh, I would love to see this as a game where it takes place during the Clone Wars and you play as a Republic general commanding clone units on the battlefield to take out objectives. I think that that would be really interesting. Uh, you could do the whole Fire Emblem thing where it's like if, where they give you the option of like permadeath or not for certain characters to kind of weigh the feel of battle. I think that this is a great idea. Uh, XCOM is one of, the most successful strategy franchises out there when it comes to gaming and for it to come to star Wars. I think that that would be, I think that's awesome. Uh bit reactor. I guess this is a brand new studio from former XCOM developers. Uh, it's a brand new studio with a lot of the developers being from that team. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I want to see what they can do or you could make it, uh, it doesn't even have to be the clone wars. Like, Give us something with the Chiss Ascendancy. Like, have us get into Tarkin, or I mean, not Tarkin, uh, Thrawn's head. And, like, command units that way via, via space battles or military ground battles, what have you. Yeah, lots of variety there, lots of possibilities. Uh, I'm excited for this one. I'm not the biggest tactics game person. I never really got too big into XCOM. I did play a bit of Gears Tactics, and I liked... Some aspects of it, but it definitely is not my top genre of game. With that being said, Star Wars being as lore rich as we talked about, there are a lot of directions this could go. Uh, I think that brings us to the end of the announced Star Wars games. So now we can talk a little bit about some hopes and dreams of some other games we might want to see. I will tell you guys, I have heard that there are two projects in the works of Microsoft slash Xbox. Um, pretty strong sources on these. They've been right on just about everything they've told me. I don't know who's developing them. I've heard that one is under the ZeniMax slash Bethesda umbrella. Uh, we do know there's some unannounced projects over there. ZeniMax Online, uh, the people behind Elder Scrolls Online have two or three projects in the works that are unannounced. Uh, we do know um, Roundhouse is another one that currently has not mentioned what project they're working on. Uh, you have Alpha Dog is another one under Bethesda without a project announced. Arcane just finished Deathloop, so they have another project for one of their studios. Uh, in addition to Redfall at their Austin studio. So there's a lot of different places this could be under, um, but we do know of at least these two games possibly in the works of Microsoft Xbox. There's also rumors of a possibility of one at Sony slash PlayStation. Uh, the source on that one is a bit more hit or miss, so I'm not quite sure on that. Um, but I overall, somewhere between one and three games possibly still in the works here that are unannounced Star Wars games. Um, Eric and John, I know you guys have talked a lot about hopes and dreams when it comes to these style of games. John, I'll start with you first. What type of Star Wars game do you want next outside of what we already talked about? Well, just real quick, I want to go back to the strategy game. Um, my my suggestion, um, I like the Clone Wars idea. Give me the Mandalorian Civil War also. 
I think that would be a fantastic time period for an RTS game. Um, but yes, I'm I sorry. What, what was the what was the question, Joey? Yeah. So just as far as we know, there's like one to three, mm-hmm. maybe even more than that, unannounced Star Wars projects in the works still. If you could choose a setting or a style of game, a genre of game, where would you put the next big Star Wars game? Star Wars Battle Royale. No. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like first-person shooters, uh, open world, are, are kind of the, the current flavor for uh, game styles out there right now, and I think that Star Wars can really uh, take that and run with it. Um, remaking some some of the classics into modern-day masterpieces I think is a great idea as well. Uh, you know, as, as much as George Lucas gets crap for it, uh, you know, him going back and kind of touching up the original trilogy here and there uh, to make it what he envisioned in his mind for it to be, um, I, you know, part of me is okay with it because in 1977, tr- trying to try to make a, a sci-fi masterpiece in 1977 on a shoestring budget. Um, so I like part of me is completely cool with these remakes, with these, uh, you know, attempts to bring to bring current technology to these games to reach its ultimate fruition. Um, I would love to see the High Republic be explored more. Uh, obviously, with you know everything going on with 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 Quantic, you know, whatever's going to happen with Eclipse is going to happen. Um, but if this is going to be the new era going forward for Star Wars, we need more High Republic content. That I mean, look, don't get me wrong. The books are great. The audiobooks are great. The comic books are great. Um, we need multimedia. We need videos. We need video games. We need Disney Plus series. That's how you get the uh, the casual to above casual Star Wars fan. Uh, you know, you're not looking to get the Star Wars fans that are going to buy the books and buy the comics already because they're already invested. You want to get the people that watch it on Disney Plus that you know may or may not read a book, but they definitely play video games. That's the kind of fan you need to go for if you want to expand the High Republic. So I think a first-person High Republic, a RTS High Republic, really any kind of High Republic game, I think that should be the direction they're going. Okay, Eric, over to you. I know you're a huge fan of the High Republic as well. Uh, What setting, if it's High Republic or not, and what kind of genre are you looking for in the next big Star Wars game? So I have have two ideas here. Uh, Number one, I'm I'm with John on the High Republic thing. Uh, this is such a unique area uh, era. This is the story that we are all in on now. Um, it's 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 really interesting. Uh, just a quick side note: the High Republic or the the High Republic. I, I felt myself getting louder because I get excited when I talk about the High Republic here. Um, the the High Republic has has actually brought in a lot of new Star Wars fans that haven't like really watch the movies uh you know this is their first exposure to star wars and to see them like explore that and capitalize and you're right john whatever happens with quantic dream is going to happen with quantic dream i mean and it's something that we have to accept uh, going forward uh as much as i would love to see a different developer take on eclipse but yeah you're right this is how you explore the high republic you have to do video games you have to do animated series live action series what have you um even disney plus original movies like however you can do it um we know the acolyte is is going to be a high republic tv series that's going to be coming out here soon but this is the era that you should explore 
Um, now, when it comes to just like random games, give me a new pod racing game. Ooh. Like seriously, give me a new pod racing game because, and I think like you could cash in on it too because you give me the base game and give me yearly DLC that I can just buy for like twenty five bucks that like unlocks new courses and new racers or what have you, or is like a brand new story expansion, like where you go into like, you could have like a core, uh, you know, like one of your regions could be like the core systems. Then you have like the mid rim, then the outer rim, then like wild space. And then like the unknown regions or, or what have you. Uh, I, I would love to see that done too. Uh, so definitely high Republic and give me a pod racing game. I love that idea. And even like as all three of us playing Forza Horizon last year, uh, it would be cool to even take that perspective. Like give us the ability yeah. to travel to a couple different planets, throw some more in there with DLC, let us collect spaceships, uh, let us collect pod racing cars and units and all different just ways of travel in Star Wars. Uh, I feel like there's just so much variety in so many directions they could take that for sure. I, I do have one more idea. Like I would love to see like a No Man's Sky version of, of Star Wars, like where you're just exploring the galaxy like go to different planets that are known and that are unknown and interact with the locals you know the flora and the fauna and the fauna like really just like dive into these ecosystems too i think that that would be interesting yeah first stop can be alderaan okay oh. okay chat <laughs> Wait, what what I, I heard it's beautiful 45 years later, it's still too soon. <laughs> that is a yikes on that one. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree, Eric. I think something like that would be cool. And I think we're going to get a little taste of that. I mean, there are some games out there for sure that already do give a bit of a taste of that. Uh, not one that's Star Wars specific and this one, not Star Wars specific either. Um, but I know the three of us are very much excited for Starfield. Uh, it sounds like it will be promising a lot of that exploration later this year. Yeah. Um, if now going to the Bethesda thing, um, do you think Indiana Jones is kind of like their gateway into getting a Star Wars game? I think they're doing two at once. I think they're doing Indiana okay. Jones and I think another one. And I think there's another Star Wars game under another more Xbox game studio. Okay. I, I was just curious because of like the whole Avatar leading to the Star Wars thing for for Ubisoft. I was thinking the same thing for Bethesda, like, hey, do Indiana Jones, and then if that does well, we'll give you Star Wars. Yeah, I think the one thing that, at least with Bethesda, has going for it, and I mean, Luna's done a really good job mentioning in chat, they already have so many big, famous games coming out from there. Uh, Dishonored from Arcane is a huge series with a lot of high praise. Uh, the Wolfenstein games typically have done very well. Uh, Doom Eternal is probably the best-looking game on PC still to date, uh, besides maybe Crisis and Forza Horizon. Uh, so overall, I feel like the, I guess really the ambition behind them has really shown through in their recent projects. And I think that has probably been enough to push them forward. So with that, Eric, I think we're going to slide from Star Wars over to the Halo TV series official trailer. Uh, we'll definitely have you back on sometime in the future to talk more Star Wars, though. Obviously, yeah. more games coming out. We have the Lego one in the spring, uh, especially when Fallen Order does come back in May. We'll definitely want to have you on around that time. But I know you're a fan of space in general not just yes. star wars not just star oh, yeah. trek but also halo uh you've dove in as a space marine and played some infinite with us uh let's go ahead and roll this trailer as we talk about it this was shown during the afc championship game of the nfl this past weekend we gotten a few little quick 30 second or so teaser trailers ahead of time now we have our first look at the actual halo trailer uh this one for the halo fans out there is taking place in a silver timeline 
So that is their way of describing a not completely lore-based. Uh, certain things will rely on the lore, but overall this is going to be a non-canon series as they're going to divert in certain directions uh, to make it a little bit more TV-friendly, as they say. Eric, I know you've dealt with some of that with Star Wars before with games and other different IP things related. Um, what are your thoughts on this initial trailer as we play through it? John and Eric, I'll start with you, Eric. Um, I, I will say this. This trailer looks beautiful. Uh, I think that the look of Master Chief looks great. The Warthogs look great. All of the UNSC vehicles look fantastic. The Covenant looks great. Those energy swords that are going right now, um, fantastic. Uh, I will say this. Uh, my beef is Cortana. Uh, and we're going to see her in a little bit here. Uh, you know, like with the Halo, you can discover it anyway. Like with, with Chief finding an artifact that leads him to the Halo, that's fine. Like uh, that doesn't really bother me because like, like you said, this is in a silver timeline so they can do whatever they want. Similar to what the Kelvin timeline does with, with the Star Trek movies, like how, how they did that. There's Cortana and oh my gosh, that's horrible. <laughs> um, if that is my only complaint for this series, I think they're going to do well. Okay, John, as another infinite player and someone who's played Halo throughout the last couple decades, what are your first thoughts on this initial trailer? Look, I'm not going to lie. This trailer gave me like uh, Starship Trooper vibes. Yes. Um, the, yes. The, the amazing sci-fi movie from 97. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or not because um, I couldn't take that movie seriously. Uh they, they, they say it's a sci-fi action. I think it was more of a sci-fi comedy, uh, in, in my own personal opinion. Um, but I, I think the trailer looks great. I think Cortana is a little, you know. Sus. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, sus, uh, for sure. Um, not, not the best, but okay. You know, I'll, I'll give it a shot here. Um, but yeah, it looks interesting. I, I'm open to the idea. The, the, the lore and the narrative... Uh, in all of the Halo games is very interesting that this idea of um, a ring style planet that has like its own ecosystem and all these baddies on there. I want the flood. Bring me the flood. Um, that's something I definitely want to see make an appearance here uh, in the series. Granted, it, it's a silver timeline, like you said, so it may or may not happen. It, it doesn't have to go along with lore. Uh It'll, it'll be interesting. I, I'm open-minded to it. I think if you're a regular listener or watcher of Level Up, uh, you're fully aware of my hesitations on anything video game related uh, making its way to TV or to the movie theaters. Uh, thank you, Mario Bros., for absolutely destroying uh, uh, any hope I will have in the rest of my life for these kinds of movies. Um, I, I want to give it the benefit of the doubt, but I'm going to go in with an incredibly low bar. Because that's what uh, Mario Bros. did to me all those years ago. Mario Bros. Uh, what a classic. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'll be honest. I'm really hesitant. This has been a series that has been, I feel like, in development for, uh, it feels like half my lifetime at this point. It's just yeah. gone back and forth. Uh, it's been in a number of other directors over it, a number of different higher level people at Xbox over it. Uh, now with Phil in charge, I feel like we're moving toward the right direction. But still, this is one of kind of those last things that came over from the old regime that's kind of been dragged along along the way. So I'm hesitant. It's gone through a lot of changes. It was filmed right during COVID. Uh, there's a number of factors against it. You're now going off of the lore timeline. So that kind of, it opens some doors, but also closes some others with hardcore fans. Um, I will say that the scale of it is a lot bigger than I expected. Uh, as you guys saw with some of those cities, 
I mean, the Covenant spaceships, the Phantom looks phenomenal. Uh, a lot of the weapons look pretty realistic and good, as well as the vehicles. So I feel like set-wise, they really exceeded my expectations. I was expecting uh, much more CGI-looking stuff, and it does look like they went for the grand appearance with a lot of these scale. Now, with that being said, uh, whenever you go off the lore timeline, I get anxious. Uh, whenever you have a video game adaptation to a TV show or movie, like John said, uh, we've seen so few of them actually do that well. Uh, I think Prince of Persia did a good job overall, and that's one of the most recent ones, and that's like a decade old uh, that did a pretty good job in that genre. The Witcher has done a pretty good job overall, but there's very few TV series based on video games that I can name or even movies that have done really that well, as John mentioned. So I'm anxious. As a Halo fan, I'm excited. Uh, I like the production value more than I thought I was going to going in, um, but as Chad is also mentioning, it's another subscription service with Paramount. That to me is a negative having to get in another one there, um, but also just there's so many question marks still around here, uh, including the fact that Cortana looks so different from what we see in the video games. Um, I, I do have to say this as well. Uh, live action Halo projects have kind of been in development hell for a number of years, um, if I can say it like that, because they did, a, the, you know, they were planning the Halo movie that was going to be uh, produced by Peter Jackson and directed by Neil Blomkamp. Um, and District 9 was kind of his foray into Halo without it, like, being Halo. So this is one thing, like, I'm excited we're, we're getting a more live-action Halo. I mean, Forward Under Dawn and Nightfall were fine, but, you know, the jury's out on this. I think, I think it looks pretty. I, I'm just interested to see where the story goes. Yeah, um, I think... What was I going to say? Oh, yes. Uh, Arcane. Arcane with League of Legends has actually restored some faith. Uh, that was absolutely fantastic. I, I, we've said it once. We'll say it again. If you have not watched Arcane, even if you hate League of Legends because it's a very toxic community, please go watch Arcane on Netflix. It is absolutely fantastic. The theme song is made... Uh, by Imagine Dragons. I hate Imagine Dragons, but I absolutely loved their song for this series. So that's how good this whole thing is. Like, take that into account, if you will. Um, really did a great job. Yeah, definitely one of the best ones out there, Arcane. Highly recommend. It's animated, but the I really just the music design, the arc design, the story, it just it's so well blended together. Like John said, even if you're not into League of Legends, it's definitely worth checking out. Did I lose you, John? Uh, no, okay. No, we're just messaging in three different locations trying to figure <laughs> out what we're doing next. But uh, but yeah, so uh, my goodness, Joey, it's like an hour into the show. Eric, I apologize. We said we we're only going to keep you 30 to 45 minutes. We kept you 60. 45 minutes to an hour, so we're right on the edge. We're yeah, 45 over. minutes to an hour. Okay. I'm sorry I was long-winded. No, you're good. <laughs> no, you're, you're great. You're fine, you're fine Eric. Uh, again, uh, a big thank you to you for taking time out of your Thursday evening for joining us here on Level Up Live. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your passion for Star Wars uh, with our audience, with everyone watching uh, now live on Twitch and our podcast listeners later on as well. Uh, obviously, you have a fantastic podcast yourself. You have an amazing RPG show. Uh, go ahead and tell the Level Up listeners where they can go to follow you on social media and where they can oh, go to check out your shows. Sure, absolutely. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at SB Transmissions. That's at capital S B T and then transmissions. 
then we are working on an Instagram. I'm kind of thinking about maybe doing a TikTok, but uh, you can find us on YouTube. Uh, we are actually going to be putting out more audio versions of our live show and our RPG show on on you know Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, all that stuff. So we're we're all over the place. Go to our YouTube, search at our search Starlight Beacon Transmissions, and you'll find all of our episodes. You can see uh, John and Joey in the RPG show. You can see John talking with me about the Book of Boba Fett. You can see the show that we did with Greg about Star Wars video games as well. So uh, tons of great content there. I've got a great team surrounding me as well. Um, huge shout out to the team. Uh, John, Joey, you guys are part of that team too. So I just want to thank you guys for coming along on this journey with me and actually inspiring me to create this channel. So thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, taking time out again. And thank you for uh, sharing that passion. As always, Eric, we will catch you a little bit later here. Uh, we'll catch up with you on Discord after the show as well. Awesome. Sounds good. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for having me. Bye. All right. Eric Mitchell of Starlight Transmission, or Starlight Beacon Transmissions. I will always fumble that for whatever reason. It's even right in front of me. Five typed out five different times. Always will mess that up. Again, definitely check out his show. It's absolutely fantastic. If you love Star Wars, maybe if you're new to Star Wars, you want to get more into the Star Wars universe, you want to learn. Uh, Eric is by far one of the best people to learn from. Super knowledgeable when it comes to Star Wars. Again, that's who I go to when I have questions. Uh, so, Eric, again, a big thank you for that. Joey, we do have uh, a last part of the show here. A few segments left before we wrap it up for tonight. Let's go ahead and continue with tonight's Level Up Live. Let's go ahead and talk about a major acquisition. In fact, a response possibly to the Microsoft Blizzard Activision merger. Absolutely. We're going to speed run a little bit of these since we did go a little bit over from our initial plan there. Uh, but it was great. We loved having Eric on. Eric is so knowledgeable, as you said, John. Some really good insight coming in. We're excited to have him back on the show later this year. First off, though, you mentioned it. Sony has acquired Bungie. Uh, a lot of people didn't see this one coming, and they really didn't see the price coming. We're talking $3.6 billion is what Sony spent here on Bungie. A lot of takeaways to take away here, uh, and a lot of industry-shaking takeaways as well. Uh, one in particular, so Bungie was being shopped around a little bit. I don't know who all they talked to, but at one point they did talk to Microsoft around summertime about an acquisition of about two, $2 billion. Uh, this one, again, going a little bit higher at $3.6 billion. Uh, Microsoft did turn them down at the time, and possibly other publishers did as well. Sony did not pass up on them, though, and has secured Bungie here. Looking at the takeaways, Bungie titles will remain and continue to be multi-platform, including on rival consoles, and that is in their press release. Uh, Bungie also has chosen to maintain the rights for publishing, and Sony has agreed to that. So this is big. When we look at acquisitions, one of the first questions that always comes up is, will these games be on the competing platform anymore? When Sony buys a, a publisher or a developer, Everyone asks, is it going to come to PC? Is it going to come to Xbox? Or will it only be on PlayStation moving forward? And when Xbox buys someone, we know it's going to be on Xbox and PC, but will it be on PlayStation? Will it be on Switch? And those are constant questions. This one, right at the beginning of the press release, they have come out and said it will continue to be multi-platform. Uh, John, there's a few other things we're going to go over, but this to me is one of the biggest points in this acquisition. It's a huge win. And anytime there's an acquisition made by a console developer, there's always that fear that, oh, 
you know, I'm in the Xbox ecosystem. Sony acquired a studio. Am I ever going to be able to play those games again or vice versa? Um, and I think that's a legitimate fear. Uh, I'm very happy to hear that they're going to keep it uh, on both consoles. Uh, I think that's great. I love the fact that they have uh, the authority to pick consoles going forward as well versus Sony saying, no, you only have to be on Team Sony and you can't be on Team Xbox anymore. Uh, so I, I think that's great. I think that calmed a lot of nerves down. Yeah, absolutely. Calming a lot of nerves. And I think this had to be one of the reasons that Bungie allowed for the acquisition to go through, whether it was Microsoft, EA, Sony, anyone in the end, I think Bungie was going to be hard forth on this particular topic. They had a struggle when they were originally acquired by Microsoft back with the old regime. They struggled under EA as well and Activision or Activision rather, not EA. Uh, so they've gone through some acquisitions that have not quite went in their favor. Third time could be the charm here with Sony uh, with this particular agreement going through. Additionally, so people are asking, Sony, why would you spend this much money on Bungie? They have Destiny. It's multi-platform. You're looking at keeping all these other games multi-platform, even the new IP there are developing. Why spend so much money on them? Sony has come out and said they're hoping to leverage Bungie's expertise of live service to bring it to more of their games. Uh, they went on to say in a recent earnings call that they're hoping to have 10 major live service games on their platform and other platforms to be released uh, somewhere in the next couple of years. So that is a big push for Sony moving into live platform. Additionally, Sony is hoping to turn Bungie's IPs into movies and TV shows. John, that's always been one of your fears when it comes to gaming. And we just talked about this with the whole Halo thing. Uh, looking to move stuff like Destiny and Bungie's new IP. Uh, I don't remember if it's Codename Marathon or if the actual name is Marathon, um, but eventually moving some of that over to movies and TV. I like the idea, but again, as you mentioned, I'm hesitant as well. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is uh, the developers and directors of these TV and movie series may not be well-versed in the lore or the history of the game. They take creative liberties with it, and it usually winds up alienating the fan base. That's always going to be the biggest fear. Now, there are games that should absolutely be on TV, should be uh, you know, in movie theaters. I think Halo is a great one. Uh, Metal Gear Solid is one that I have my fingers crossed for. I know they've been uh, fiddling with that every now and then. Sometimes it comes to fruition, then gets canceled, or just gets it, you know, suspended indefinitely. Uh, nonetheless, um, there are games that are capable of doing it, but they just need to have the proper backing. I would love to see these studios take the creative minds behind the video game and allow them to develop the story because that way they know what they're trying to build on. They know what the fans are looking for. And that way it's, it's a success on both ends, both the game and on the screen. Absolutely. Could not agree more with that, John. Uh, additionally, I think the last major takeaway here, uh, besides Sony saying that there are more acquisitions to come, and I think that's pretty easy to believe in that promise, given that today is day and age of all these publishers buying into more companies. Uh, the other thing here is Sony kind of following in the footsteps of what we saw them criticize Xbox for a few years ago. Backwards compatibility, we're seeing more of that come, which I think is a huge win for gamers. Uh, we're seeing more titles being worked to PC from PlayStation. So it's not necessarily locked to a console, but more people can experience these amazing PlayStation games and IPs on different platforms like PC and potentially Xbox as well if they go more of a publishing direction like it sounds like they're doing here with Bungie. Uh, we have a Game Pass service coming, Project Spartacus, uh, somewhere between a Game Pass slash Nintendo Switch Online thing that's going to be announced come around springtime, maybe April range. 
They have a cloud focus they're working on. They just signed, a, I think it was a 10-year deal with Azure this past year. So Microsoft and Sony working together to get their cloud infrastructure up. Uh, I think there's a lot of good things to take away. And while they did criticize Xbox and a lot of fans criticize Xbox back in 2018 or so when a lot of these moves were made, I think a lot of these are pro-gamer moves and I'm glad Sony's moving that direction. Any additional thoughts on that, good sir? Nope. Awesome. John is going to nod his head and say, yes, I agree. We like backwards compatibility. We love services like Game Pass. Uh, anything to make it easier to jump into more games is always a good time. Sticking with PlayStation, John, I didn't get a chance to watch this. Yesterday was just a little too busy for me, and I think it was the same for you. We did get our first state of play from PlayStation for the new year of 2022. This one focused exclusively on Gran Turismo 7, uh, similar to what we got from Xbox last year with Forza. This is another very, very good-looking racing game. Yeah, Gran Turismo is a staple on PlayStation. It was one of my favorite games uh, when I was in the PlayStation ecosystem. It was a must-have. Um, this was one of those games back in the original PlayStation days. was like a, a two-CD game. Uh, it was just absolutely massive with everything on it. Uh, the graphics look great. Um, you know, it's right up there with with Forza. Forza was a, was absolutely stunning this uh, this past year. Um, you know, graphics on the PlayStation Five look amazing as well. Uh, they're similar games, but not similar at the same time. Forza is more of an open world, you know, street competition. You know, kind of have fun. There is a narrative here. Uh, Gran Turismo is your racing simulator essentially. It is. You know, your Grand Prix, it's your F1s, it's not your NASCAR. Uh, but you have so many customized abilities and different cars you can drive. It, it offers a very unique play experience on a lot of real-world courses. I think it's really great. I love it, the international feel of it, where you can travel all over the world for these races. Uh, it's definitely a racing simulator game, though, and I, I, I love it. It's one of the things I'm going to miss not being in the PlayStation ecosystem. Well, and hopefully you'll get it on PC here sooner or later as well. Uh, maybe not a day one release here, but hopefully eventually making its way there. Uh, and it's got a lot of competition this year. I was posting on Discord. There are a lot of big racing games coming out. Uh, we saw Forza do really well last year with Horizon. I believe the new Motorsport game comes out this year. There's a new Grid game as well. So a lot of big, big racing games coming out here in 2022. Again, always pending COVID in today's day and age. If you guys want to check that out, a lot of good footage there. You're seeing some here live on Twitch, but also plenty more to go check out. You can find that on YouTube. Next up on our list, John, and we're going to have to keep it a little bit shorter than you want, but we, we can dive more into it next week. We've seen some WoW leaks pop up here about the new expansion and some changes as well as cross-faction changes coming through. What are your thoughts on the latest WoW leaks and changes? Uh, the biggest thing to take away right now is Blizzard has finally caved to what the players have wanted uh, they have been super responsive, which is really weird for Blizzard when it comes to what the people of World of Warcraft really want. Uh, Cross-Faction is here. It's going to come out in Shadowlands. 9.2.5 is going to be the patch that it drops. What does this mean? Essentially, anything that's instanced, you can team up with the other faction. If you're an Alliance player, guess what? You can play with your Horde friends. If you're a Horde player, you can team up with the Smelly Alliance. It's completely fine. You have that option to go after raid boss, to, to go after raids, dungeons, battlegrounds. Like there's so many things that you will be allowed to do now when this patch goes live. And in reality, people are arguing about, oh, does it have a place within the lore of Warcraft? It does. 
Find me an expansion where the Horde and the Alliant do not team up to fight a big baddie in the expansion. It happens every expansion. Now you may be thinking, oh, well, doesn't this undermine the entire thing? Uh, you know, Alliance and Horde have to be separate. Uh, just to give you one simple quote from uh, Ian, who is the uh, developer for this game right now, it says Alliance and Horde separation is a pillar of what makes StarCraft StarCraft. Oh, pardon me, Warcraft Warcraft. But in reflection, that's an oversimplification. Alliance and Horde identity is, is what is fundamental to Warcraft. The identity of the two factions, not the fact that they have to be going head-to-head. -head. We saw that in Battle for Azeroth. Didn't work out very well. And this is a very welcome change. And for once, Joey, the message boards on Blizzard uh, are positive for World of Warcraft. <laughs> And hey, that's a big change. That's Activision huge. comes in. And one thing, a lot of people are contributing a lot of these changes to Microsoft being coming in. But we just have to be clear on this. While I do think there are going to be great things coming from Microsoft, and they have been moving forward with talks on how to clean up Blizzard and Activision overall, a lot of these things were planned well before that acquisition. That acquisition, it sounds like talks started in October slash November. Uh, very quick turnaround for an acquisition. Typically takes a lot longer than that. Um, but overall, a lot of these WoW changes, Overwatch changes, all of this would have been much further in place before the acquisition talks. Moving into new G -G -G Game Pass editions for the first half of February. February 3rd, we have Dreamscaper, Telling Lies, and Contrast. Dreamscaper and Telling Lies found everywhere. Contrast only going to be on cloud and console, unfortunately not making its way to PC, at least for now, on Game Pass. Over to February 10th, we have Besiege, Edge of Eternal for the JRPG fan Skull, the Hero Slayer. Uh, this is a handful, or a mouthful rather. The Last Kids on Earth and the Staff of Doom. Uh, I know John has got that one ready in his download queue. And then we have Crossfire X coming to console. Unfortunately, Crossfire X not making its way to PC Game Pass, at least for now. Um, but some really cool stuff going on there between Remedy, Smilegate, and Microsoft. Over to February 14th, ARK fans, if you want a survival game, this is ARK Ultimate Survivor Edition, the Ultimate Edition of that game. Not a, uh, There hasn't been a better time to dive in outside buying the game itself, uh, and eventually ARK 2 on the horizon, either 2022 or 2023. Now is the time to check out that IP, and then Infernax will be the last one there. Uh, a little bit of a bonus in the Game Pass section this week. MLB The Show 2022 will return to Game Pass as well. As a day one launch title this year, John, I know you're stoked for that. I think they hit a home run coming back to Game Pass as well. Yeah, absolutely massive. Uh, very successful first year on Xbox. Uh, granted, yeah, it's free to play, essentially, if you have the Game Pass. Uh, that didn't stop people from using those microtransactions, though, and I think that's what uh, really sealed the deal. Uh, there is a future for MLB The Show on Xbox, and it's real, and I love it. Absolutely. I will be sliding into that one as well. Very excited to see MLB return. And last but not least, guys, to wrap up today's episode, before John and I have an LCS fantasy draft, we do have to quickly talk LEC and LCS. Uh, I do not have these up yet, so I'm going to go ahead and pull them up as we go, as John already has them up on the screen for you guys because he's just the best. Uh, over in the LEC, we're looking at Rogue stealing the spotlight at 7-0 in first place alone. Right below them, the rivalry of EU, Fnatic and G2 sitting at 5-2. The Mad Lions roaring their way up the standings at 4-3, and three, followed by an evil little rabbit at 4-3 and three as well, with Misfits coming in tied for fourth. Then Excel not quite excelling, sitting down in six with newcomers BDS and the super team of the LEC Vitality all sitting at 3-4. and four. SK Gaming not so hot down there. A few wins below at ninth with 1-6. And, and Astralis 
They're still seeking to find their first win, John, sitting at 0-7 right now. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. Uh, looking forward to the week ahead. Do you have a game of the week for LEC, good sir? <laughs> you act like I pulled that up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. That's why I sent it to you. Uh, I How got a dare you? Guys. <laughs> uh, looking at each day. So tomorrow on Friday, I'm going to say Mad Lions and Fanatic. These are two teams right around that second to fourth spot. Very close in records. I think that will be a good one to tune in for. Uh, over to Saturday, I think the game of Saturday is going to be also that 3 p.m. game, the late slot between Rogue and G2. Uh, that's your number one team versus your tied for number two team. Should be a stellar match there as well. Yeah, Rogue G2 is going to be pretty spicy. I like it. Absolutely full of spice. John, we saw it last week, the lock-in tournament for LCS. The lock-in tournament that means oh so much to the players, fans, and everyone else. John, who came away with the win in the lock-in tournament? What were your thoughts overall? Uh, lock-in tournament is stupid. Please don't ever do it again, LCS. You actually made a very nice hype video for the regular season. Let's just focus on that in the preseason instead of having pointless tournaments like the lock-in. But nonetheless, Team Liquid comes away with a big stinking W in the meaningless tournament. Congratulations, Team Liquid. 3-0 and oh over the geniuses that are somewhat evil, the evil geniuses, uh, Joey, the, the big thing I have to point out here is, uh, you know, Greg was on the show last week. Uh, he picked Evil Geniuses over Cloud9 3-1. Uh, then when you asked me my opinion, I, I kind of poo-pooed poo his opinion here. I, I was like, okay, you said 3-1 Evil Geniuses. Okay, let me tell you why it's going to be 3-1 Cloud9. Joey, I sit here today, a humbled man, acknowledging how wrong I was last week. Greg was closer than I was. He picked the three. It was a sweep, though, which was a little upsetting. 3-0 over Cloud9. Uh, Team Liquid 3-1 over Dignitas on their way to winning the entirety of the lock-in championship. Congratulations. I hope that trophy is nothing but a paperweight. Nothing but a paperweight, but a nice paycheck as well. Not super weighty, but it probably has some weight and zeros behind it. Overall, LCS kicking off this week. Even though the lock-in tournament happened, we did see a winner. We did see some losers. No one pulled anything for their record because the spring split doesn't start until Saturday for the <laughs> LCS. With that being said, John, we do have a slate of matches on the agenda. Who are you looking forward to watching the most? <laughs> I closed all my tabs. Uh, let me pull these back up real quick. I, am, I, I already have my cell phone prepped for, for the fantasy draft that's taking place immediately after the show is over. It is very quick <laughs> after. I'll go ahead and throw one out while you're pulling it back up. Saturday, February 5th, I really like the match between Team Liquid and 100 Thieves. Team Liquid most recently winning the lock-in tournament. 100 Thieves being one of the strongest teams overall in NA last year. I want to see how they both fare to kick off the spring split. All right, we're going to go Squirkle versus Fiasco here. Golden Guardians versus Cloud9 only because there's bragging rights on the line. Uh, and Cloud9 won earlier uh, in the lock-in. So we all know how much the lock-in counts for everything. So, yeah, we'll see, what it, we'll see what it's like when everything is on the line. Two solid matches for Saturday and one more to add for Sunday, and that is Evil Geniuses and Cloud9. The rematch between John's team and Greg's uh, affiliate team, we'll call it. Yikes. Evil Geniuses and Cloud9 getting a run with Cloud9's full roster now available as well. Full roster? What's that? I don't know, because we, we didn't have it in the lock-in. But it's fine, Joey. It's fine. Much like the lock-in, this show is over, Nation. Thank you for tuning in this edition exactly. of Level Up Live. But before you go, head on over to patreon.com slash OTN and consider becoming a part of the Overtime Network. In return, you will get access to exclusive content that nobody else in the world can get unless they are a part of OTN Media. 
If you have not already done so, make sure you follow the show here live on Twitch and catch the next episode of Level Up Live. If you listen to the show on the podcast feed, make sure to leave us a review. Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else you can find an RSS feed for podcasts. Look us up. We are there for you. We would love to hear from you, all your feedback. Give us, uh, we love to hear from our entire community. Joey, where else can our community go to reach out to us? Absolutely, guys. Head over to Twitter and find us at Level Up Live. That is LVLUP Live. In addition to that, you can follow the Umbrella Company, OTN Media, as well. Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media and on Instagram at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, if you like what we do here at OTN, if you like Level Up, you can tune in on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. This show broadcasts Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Generally, a few changes here and there, but overall pretty consistent, as well as a number of other streams throughout the week. All right, make sure you tune in next week on Thursday, February 10th, as we continue to cover the latest and greatest in gaming esports news. Do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your listening and viewing pleasures. A big shout-out to all of our new followers on Twitch, and especially Luna for the Amazon Prime sub. We do appreciate it. We will catch, we will catch everyone next week. Enjoy your weekend. Remember... Be nice to your fellow gamers online, and as always, level level up. up.